It's kind of a crazy time worldwide with COVID-19. In this session, we're going to cover the most recent Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine response to the World Health Organization declaration of a pandemic from COVID-19. And we're going to outline specific information for pregnant patients and what healthcare providers need to keep in mind. On March 11, 2020, the World Health Organization declared the COVID-19 outbreak a pandemic. In light of this declaration, communication to obstetric care providers about this disease and how best to advise pregnant women is imperative. So the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine released a guideline bulletin just on March 12, 2020, and this is to serve as a supplement to the recent document by the ACOG. This SMFM document is meant to be more expansive and to cover more detail than what was originally provided by ACOG. Remember that COVID-19 likely emerged from an animal source but is now spread from person to person. Human coronaviruses most commonly spread from an infected person to others through a variety of means, including airborne droplets from coughing and sneezing, close personal contact, including touching and shaking hands, and touching one's face, nose, or mouth, or eyes before washing one's own hands. It's currently unknown if the virus can be spread through semen or sexual intercourse. What is known about COVID-19 specifically in pregnancy? Well, currently, there's limited information from published scientific reports about the susceptibility of pregnant women to COVID-19 and the severity of infection. Available data are reassuring, but are limited to very small case series. In general, pregnant women experience immunologic and physiological changes that make them susceptible to viral respiratory infections, including potentially COVID-19. It's reasonable to predict that pregnant women might be at greater risk for severe illness, morbidity, or mortality compared with the general population, as is observed with other related coronavirus infections, including SARS and the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus. This is also the case with influenza, as we already know. The currently published data on COVID-19 infection is very, very limited and includes just two case series totaling 18 women, only one of whom suffered severe respiratory morbidity requiring ICU admission and mechanical ventilation. And this is lower than the reported general population risk, so that is actually reassuring. While these data are in fact reassuring that pregnant women did not have severe outcomes, they must be interpreted with caution given the overall very small numbers. Early data from one series of hospitalized non-pregnant patients in China found that up to 32% of individuals developed severe pneumonia and 19% of all infected hospitalized patients did progress to acute respiratory distress or ARDS with mortality ranging from 1.4% to 4.3% of cases. However, these numbers are changing fast and it now seems that the mortality rate is under 1%. These data vary by region and by different testing strategies. Existing mortality rates are largely derived from areas in which testing of asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic patients is not routine and may therefore be inflated. Now, we can also extrapolate some data from the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome virus, or MERS-CoV, 
and other coronaviruses infection during pregnancy. Remember, although limited, they do suggest that infection in pregnancy with these other coronaviruses may be associated with severe infection and adverse neonatal outcome, including increased rates of miscarriage, fetal growth restriction, and preterm birth. But again, data specific to COVID-19 are not yet available. We're going to cover this in a little bit more detail, specifically the risk for miscarriage and the risk for preterm birth in just a minute. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What does the data show regarding COVID-19 and miscarriage or congenital anomalies? Well, at this time, very limited data regarding risks associated with infection in the first and second trimester exist. There are mixed data regarding the risk of congenital malformations in the setting of maternal fever in general. Currently, there are inadequate data on COVID-19 and the risk of miscarriage or congenital anomalies, but data from SARS epidemics are reassuring, including no increased risk of fetal loss or congenital anomalies associated with infection early in pregnancy. Again, the link between high fever and congenital malformations is a separate issue, but that's not specific to COVID-19. Okay, well, here's the big question. What about vertical transmission of COVID-19? Well, Chen et al. found no evidence of COVID-19 in the amniotic fluid or cord blood of six infants of infected women. Now, while this report includes a very small number of cases, the lack of vertical transmission is consistent with what is seen in other common respiratory viral illnesses in pregnancy, like influenza. All right, now I mentioned earlier that we were going to cover preterm birth. Now let's do that now. Preterm delivery has been reported among infants born to women positive for COVID-19 in pregnancy. However, it appears that some of these cases were iatrogenic and not due to spontaneous preterm labor. It is not clear that these outcomes were related to the maternal infection. All of the infants in this single report were clinically well and no neonatal deaths were reported. Given the limited data available regarding COVID-19 during pregnancy, knowledge of adverse outcomes from other respiratory viral infections may provide context and information. For example, other respiratory viral infections during pregnancy, like influenza, have been associated with adverse neonatal outcomes, including low birth weight and preterm birth, generally thought to be due to severe maternal illness. Infants have been born preterm and or small for gestational age to women with other coronavirus infections, including SARS coronavirus and the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome coronavirus during pregnancy. Next, what about antepartum fetal surveillance? Do women with COVID-19 need additional surveillance? Let's cover that next. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. During acute illness, fetal management should be similar to that provided to any critically ill pregnant woman. Continuous fetal monitoring in the setting of severe illness should be considered only when delivery would not compromise maternal health or as another non-invasive measure of maternal status. Very little is known about the natural history of pregnancy after a patient recovers from COVID-19. In the setting of mild infection, management similar to that for a patient recovering from influenza is reasonable. Given how little is known about this infection, a detailed mid-trimester anatomy ultrasound exam may be considered following first trimester maternal infection. For those experiencing illness later in pregnancy, it is reasonable to consider sonographic assessment of fetal growth in the third trimester. Lastly, what about delivery considerations? Well, timing of delivery in most cases should not be dictated by maternal COVID-19 infection. For women infected early in pregnancy who recover, no alteration to the usual timing of delivery is necessary. For women infected in the third trimester who recover, it is reasonable to attempt to postpone delivery if no other medical indications arise, either until a negative testing result is obtained or quarantine status is lifted in an attempt to avoid transmission to the neonate. In general, COVID-19 infection itself is not an indication for delivery. Lastly, as we wrap up the podcast, a quick word about women who have the infection and breastfeeding. Chen et al. found no evidence of COVID-19 in the breast milk of nine infected women. Remember, this is only an N of nine. Breastfeeding is encouraged and is potentially important source of antibody protection for the infant. The CDC recommends that during temporary separation, women who intend to breastfeed should be encouraged to express their breast milk to establish and maintain milk supply. Now, if possible, a dedicated breast pump should be provided. Before expressing breast milk, women should practice appropriate hand hygiene as always. After pumping, all parts of the pump that came into contact with the breast milk should be thoroughly washed and the entire pump should be appropriately disinfected per their manufacturer's instructions. Expressed breast milk should be fed to the newborn by a healthy caregiver. Now, for women and infants who are not separated, the CDC recommends that if a woman and newborn do room in and the woman wishes to feed at the breast, she should use a face mask and practice good hand hygiene before every feeding. All right, podcast family, I want everyone to rest assured that we will overcome this. Yes, a pandemic is a scary word, but I have full confidence in our ability to get this under control. This podcast is focused on the recent March 12, 2020, Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine release or statement regarding COVID-19. This was released in response to the CDC's declaration of a viral pandemic. This information is evolving rapidly, so stay tuned to our podcast for more information as it develops. So everyone, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Clinical Pearls.